Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. Today's reading is taken from 2 Chronicles chapter 34 verses 1 to 3. Josiah was eight years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem for 31 years. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. In the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father David. In his twelfth year, he began to purge Judea and Jerusalem of high places, Asherah, Asherah poles and idols. Under his direction, the altars of Baals were torn down. He cut to pieces the incense altars that were above them and smashed the Asherah's poles on the idols. These broke to pieces and scattered over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of the priests and their altars and so he purged Judea and Jerusalem. In the towns of Manasseh, Ephraim and Simeon as far as Naphtali and in the ruins around them. He tore down the altars and the Asherai poles and crushed the idols to powder and cut to pieces all the incense altars throughout Israel. Then he went back to Jerusalem. In the 18th year of Josiah's reign, to purify the land and the temple, he sent Shaphan, son of Azaleah, and Masai, the ruler of the city, with Joah, son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the temple of the Lord his God. They went to Hilkiah, the high priest, and gave him the money that he had been brought into the temple of God, which the Levites, who were the gatekeepers, had collected from the people of Manasseh. Ephraim and the entire remnant of Israel and from all the people of Judah and Benjamin and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Then they entrusted it to the men appointed to supervise the work of the Lord's temple. These men paid the workers who repaired and restored the temple. They also gave money to the carpenters and builders to purchase distressed stone and timber for joists and beams for the buildings that the kings of Judah had allowed to fall into ruin. The workers labored faithfully over them to direct them were Jahath and Obadiah, Levites, descended from Merari, and Zechariah and Meshalem, descended from Kohath. The Levites, all who were skilled in playing musical instruments, had charge of the laborers and supervised all the workers from job to job. Some of the Levites were secretaries, scribes and gatekeepers. Well, good morning, everybody. Nice to see you. My name is Mark Pallant, and I am uh, probably more often seen up at the front here uh, behind a keyboard leading sung worship, which I have done at St. George's for exactly 40 years next month, as it happens, which... (laughs) 
thank you, although I think it rather makes me uh, a possible subject in a sermon series about Old Testament characters <laughs> more than a round of applause. Um, so this summer, we are thinking about amazing children in the Bible and how they inspire us, whatever age and stage of life we are, to follow Jesus. We know Jesus welcomed children into his presence, just as we are welcomed today, and Jesus calls everyone to follow him. Last week, Shirley introduced us to Moses' sister, and today we are again in the Old Testament and thinking about Josiah. But first, it nearly came home, didn't it? Football nearly came home. And maybe um, if you were here last week, uh, you would have seen that we, we put on the screen here the end of the first half of that uh, amazing semi-final match. And maybe if they'd won, we'd have had Sweet Caroline on the song list this morning, would we, team? Uh, that would have been good. So good. So good. <laughs> what an amazing achievement, though, by the Women's England football team. Yes, they lost in the final, but there is so much uh, still to be inspired by and to celebrate and to take forward into the future. Do you remember this fantastic goal, if you were watching last week? This was the great goal by Alessia Russo that propelled uh, the team into the final. The first time in history that an England football team has played in the World Cup final outside the UK. Well, I'd like to ask you a question. What were you doing when you were eight? If you are older than eight, what were you doing when you were eight? What kind of things inspired, inspired you? What were your interests and your hobbies? Uh, and, and what really excited you? Well, this... Um, Alessia Russo was just starting to play at the age of eight, was just starting to play for Bearstead uh, FC girls under 10 team in Kent. What an amazing story from an eight-year-old keen footballer to World Cup striker in 15 years. So what were you doing when you were eight? Just have a think to yourself and maybe take a moment to speak to the person next to you, if you dare, uh, and, and talk about what you did when you were an eight-year-old, if you can remember that far back. What kind of things? I would love to bring a microphone around and ask you what you were doing when you were eight, but we don't have time, sadly, this morning. Maybe you could carry that conversation on later. Well, what kind of things was I doing when I was eight? Well, I had just started to learn to play the piano, which I have continued to do. And I was a bit of a stamp collector. Here's my, here's my stamp album from then. It's falling apart a little bit. Um, and here's a page from 1966. And the, the sharp-eyed amongst you might realize that 
that that shows the special stamps commemorating the 900th anniversary of the Battle of Hastings with scenes from the Bayeux Tapestry. And uh, yes, if you're good at maths, you can probably work out how old I am by this stage. But also in my album is this special stamp which I've scanned in. There we go. I actually have that stamp from the World Cup 1966. Um, and I, I was interested to see if it was worth anything, that actually, and I looked it up, and it is. About 20p. <laughs> there you go. But the World Cup 1966 had just finished when I turned eight, and the, um, and the England men's football team had won. And I remember spending that summer drawing the mascot of the World Cup that year. You recognize that, some of you? So that was World Cup Willie. And I can remember drawing him endlessly over that summer. Um, and, uh, and he's a lion, of course. And what else would you expect? A lion uh, all about solidity and... Uh, and um, an ability to, to continue to do what he really wants to do, resilience. You think of Aslan the lion in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, don't you? How great, then, that the lionesses reached the final of the Women's World Cup this year, something that would have been unthinkable in 1966, and made possible by people, mainly women, knowing that things had to change. They couldn't stay as they were. So I asked you what you were doing. I've told you what I was doing when I was eight. And to find out what eight-year-olds are interested in these days, I've got a helper who's going to come forward now. So please welcome Zubby, who's going to come up and help us. Is this microphone on? Yes, it is. Fantastic. Zubby, come and sit up here. Do sit on that stool, which will become something else in a moment. So, you are eight years old, yeah? So tell us what you really enjoy doing. Um, I enjoy playing with my Lego and using my tablet to search up history and um, play games. Wow, how about that? So, to search history, now that comes in very handy this morning. So what have you got there? You've got a tablet there, but what have you got underneath it? I got a Lego that is about heavy, heavy armoured fighters. So it's a Lego heavy armoured fighter, and you can turn it into how many different things? Three things in one box. Three things in one box. Fantastic. So what great things eight-year-olds do these days. So we're going to ask um, Zubby to sit there on that chair. If I take those from you and just put them on the ground for you. And Zubby is going to... Become King Josiah. So we have for you a robe. Let's put that on, if we can get it the right way around. There we go. So we've had a coronation in our country, haven't we, in recent times, for King Charles. This is slightly less grand as a coronation ceremony. I apologize for that. And there we have the moment of coronation. So, 
on the next slide, you will see some of what we heard in the reading summarized because this is what Josiah did in a very, very short space of time as a young person. So at the age of eight, he became king. At 16, it says in the Bible that he began to seek God. At 20, he cleansed the country of pagan influences and idols. And it's worth reading that, uh, that passage again to see the descriptions of how he literally just smashed everything that was not right. And then at 26, he began to repair the temple. So the first thing we can learn about Josiah, if we look at the next slide, is that he was not defined by the past. He was not restricted by what came before. I've heard many people say recently that the Women's World Cup team is providing such a role model, especially for women and girls, and that their success is a real encouragement for all women and girls' sport. On TV, you'll have seen them as well, there were numerous interviews with girls in youth football academies and sports clubs, all of them saying, I want to be like them. It's important to have people to look up to, isn't it? To have uh, role models, to model ourselves on, and to want to be like them. Unfortunately, in Josiah's case, he had no such positive role model. The story of the kingdom where he lived, the kingdom of Judah, was one of mainly bad kings. Two Chronicles and the books of Kings tell us that his grandfather and his father did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And his father was king for only two years before he came to a very sticky end and was assassinated. People my age and maybe older might remember a book called 1066 and all that. Back to um, Zubby's interest in history here, where kings of England were labelled as either good or bad. Nothing in between. Good or bad. Nowadays, we have horrible histories to help us to remember our kings and queens. And we've had our share of good and bad kings and queens. This is Crooked King John. Do you remember Crooked King John? Um, by the way, he can't have been all that bad because he came to Yorkshire to visit a proper Yorkshire saint, Saint Robert of Knaresborough, uh, who, by the way, put him in his place in proper Yorkshire style by making him wait outside while he prayed to the King of Kings. How about that? Well done. However, back to the story of Josiah. He began to seek God, the Bible tells us, at the age of 16, eight years after he became king. Now, it must have been very, it would have been very easy for Josiah to rule Judah in exactly the way that his father and grandfather had done. And there must have been lots of people, ministers surrounding him, who said, you can't change that. We've always done it that way. And maybe they said, if it was good enough for your dad and your granddad, then it's good enough for you. However, Josiah was sensitive to the voice of God who was calling him to do things differently. He wasn't restricted by what had come before. And this was a chance to wipe the slate clean and to give God his true place in their hearts and their lives. So the second lesson we can learn is this. He started right. At an early age, he started right. 
He gave God his place. And he finished right as well. As he opened his life to God, he knew that things weren't right in the land. And he realized that people were worshiping idols and false gods. So he had them destroyed. As God continued to work in Josiah's life, he began to see that the temple of the Lord needed rebuilding and repairing so that people could worship God properly. Because over many generations, it had been allowed to fall into disuse and disrepair. Now, in that Bible story you've just heard, I love, as a musician, I love the detail that the Levites, who were the priestly tribe, were all skilled in playing musical instruments. And they had charge of the laborers and supervised all the workers from job to job. Now, I like the idea of the musicians just standing there and letting everybody else do the hard work. I'm sure it wasn't quite like that. So the third lesson to learn, Josiah was open to the word of God. And as as a result, God was able to speak to him and direct him. And then, carrying on from the Bible reading that we've just heard, an amazing thing happened. There was a discovery. There was hidden treasure. And in the middle of all the rubble of the rebuilding... Hilkiah the priest, please welcome Hilkiah the priest. Also, also known as hold it, hold it, hold it. Also known as Sochi, Zubi's sister. We have here. Let me just show people what we've got here, Sochi. Before we do that, so we have here a, a bucket of rubble, fr- freshly brought from the temple. So we've got bits of wall and we've got stones and rocks and all sorts of things. They're all uh, all nicely cleaned yesterday, by the way, these bits of rubble. So so Hilkiah, or Sochi, would you like to dig in there and see what you can find? See if you can find anything unusual in there, in the rubble. Aha, okay, let's hold that up. Everybody can see that. Now it does look a little bit like a Willy Wonka chocolate bar. It isn't actually that. And so what happened was that the high priest, Hilkiah, brought this to the king. And he opened it. And what did he find? Thank you, high priest. You may go. (laughs) So what have we got? Very exciting, this moment, isn't it? Give it a real good tug. That's it. Very good. Watch his expression. (laughs) So well rehearsed. So what have we got there? What does it say? New Testament. New Testament. Now, my history's a little bit wrong here, but that's New Testament and, and Psalms. So this is Holy Scripture. So they found in the rubble, the law of the Lord. And it might have been just the book of Deuteronomy or it might have been the first five books um, of the Old Testament. But it had not been seen for a long, long time. And then and the book was brought to the king and read to him. And when the king heard what was written in the book, God's revelation, he ripped his robes 
in dismay. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, not too soon. This is the dramatic moment. So in the Old Testament, people would rend their garments. They would tear their clothes, usually in moments of extreme grief or sorrow or, or anger even, but usually connected with some real, that somebody being really sorry for what had happened. So let's do that. Let me take the law of the Lord away from you. Ah. Oh. I don't, I don't think that's quite enough, is it? Let's see what else you can do. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Did you hear that? That was a good ripping sound. So he ordered his ministers, go and pray to God for me and what's left of Israel and Judah. Find out what we must do in response to what's written in this book that's just been found. Our ancestors haven't obeyed a thing written in this book of God and followed none of the instructions directed to us. So the king read out publicly, gathered everybody there and read out publicly everything written in the book of the covenant. And he committed himself to follow God believingly and obediently, to follow his instructions, heart and soul, and, to be, and what to believe and do, and to confirm with his life the entire covenant, all that was written in the book. And the message translation of the Bible puts it like this. Josiah did a thorough job of cleaning up the pollution that had spread throughout Israelite territory and got everyone started afresh again, serving and worshipping their God. And one of the things that happened, and I found this remarkable when I researched it, that he learned afresh about the Passover meal. And he gathered everybody together and had a huge Passover feast. And that had been the first time the Passover had been celebrated for 400 years. Astonishing. Josiah, well done. Do go and sit down. Thank you. So what can we learn from Josiah? As it said in our reading, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He kept straight on the path blazed by his ancestor David. Not one step to the left, not one step to the right. So the message is this. Don't be defined by the past. Don't be restricted by the way things have always been done. They may have been good. They may not have been. Start right and finish right. Be consistent in our walk with God. And be open to the word of God because amazing things might then happen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.